welcome to Bell with Your Friends. Definitely not the first podcast featuring a discussion of pop culture and why we think you should like what we like. You should trust us because we're librarians. I'm Anna. And I'm Aline. Every couple of weeks or more. <laughs> no, every couple of weeks we will get together and chat about a pop culture topic or two, what we think and how we feel. We'll end the show with our current obsessions. This is episode number 97. Oh my gosh. Animated heartthrobs. Joining us today, we have Sarah, a librarian in Northeast Ohio and Bellwether Friends super fan. Welcome, Sarah. Thank you so much. I'm very excited. Yay. We are so happy to have you with us. And um, we also want to welcome Ollie, Sarah's <laughs> small dog, to right. the podcast. He may not have much to say, but we are glad to have him anyway. We have visited many times. <laughs> Right, right. That's right. We visited Ollie. It was so nice to get to know Ollie a couple years yeah. back. Yeah. <laughs> so, we are here to talk about a super kind hot of, animated a kind characters. Of a weird subject. <laughs> yeah. So maybe you should talk about the first topic. Okay, topic one is we wanted to have Sarah on the show because. She is so good at providing us feedback and indicating that she listens to the show. Right. <laughs> on such a regular basis. This is why we call her a super fan, because she seems to like us. Or she something. occasionally tweets at us it's really in nice response to content so we have provided. So now we're going to force her to provide content for us. Well, it's nice to get a response from you via Twitter, because usually I'm talking back at my phone while I'm listening. So perfect. Now that's you can our favorite. talk back in person. Ooh, are we yeah. gonna fight? Yeah, I'm sure we're gonna fight. We are pretty disagreeable. Pugilistic. <laughs> the topic is is animated characters who make you feel feelings. Feelings. And the, this will be like positive feelings. I'm not gonna go so far as to say lust, but I'm gonna say like strong. Strong positive feelings. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what you're calling it nowadays? Yes, strong positive feelings. A few articles put it as um, anim animated characters who helped with your sexual awakening. I don't know if we want to go there. I might go with thirst, like Cecily said. Or, or it's something that crush a crush is a is a reasonable term. Yeah, I like crush. Crush works. I also want there to be, for, for the ones that I want to talk about, there is something compelling about them to me that I don't think necessarily would translate, which we'll get into more. <laughs> but it's, You mean if they were a real fox? <laughs> it, but it's not so much a crush, and it's not so much like a sexual awakening. And we, you and I, Anna, have talked about this before. Why, like, you don't know if you want to be the person or if you want to be with the person. Yeah. Because there's, like, so much to admire, and it can be sort of blurry for us. Sometimes we've talked about this. We have talked about it. I'm not sure we talked about it here on the podcast, but we talk about it like every three days. <laughs> Pretty <real> much. Life. <laughs> do you love her or do you want to be her? Right. Uh, it's uh, hard to say. <laughs> what do you think, Sarah? Well, a lot of mine are not necessarily admirable, so it's definitely not someone I want to be. I think it's somebody who's kind of charming in a certain way. I was looking at some of the lists online of animated crushes and for me it's the same thing that I would in a lot of ways it's the same personality type that I would like in a non-animated character or person. So like when people say Gaston from Beauty and the Beast, I'm like, no, no. No, right, right. He's, no, 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 he's no, no. awful. He's no. terrible. He wants to hurt the beast who did nothing to him and he hates books. Right. <laughs> no. Could there be anything worse? No. <laughs> not much. So but so you don't like him. He's not on the list, but Right, he's not on my list. But there are characters who you don't want to be like, but you want to hang out with. Yes, and these are probably some of my animated crushes more from when I was in high school. They mm -hmm. they they align with the type of 
real people I had crushes on in high school you, when you're an adolescent and it's not necessarily the admirable person, but you know, the boy with the floppiest 90s hair. Oh my gosh. And I love a rascally charmer. Oh, a lot of my crushes tend to be straight up evil ladies. So <laughs> <laughs> thanks. You're welcome. <laughs> The thing that brought us together and to us to this topic was the Disney Robin Hood. Yeah. Are we going to get that out there? Yeah. Okay, so we can talk more about the Disney Robin Hood specifically, but that is a character that we all agree on. And I am interested in uh, more floppy-haired 90s animated heartthrobs that Sarah might have. Yeah, <laughs> so let's have Sarah take us through her, her cr- chronology yeah. of animated heartthrobs and... See what comes up. Okay. Well, the the main floppy-haired 90s heartthrob in animation would be Dimitri from Anastasia. Yeah. Yes. He's very roguish. He's a con man, but he wants to do right by Anastasia. And then he cleans up well in a suit. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That one scene. Yes, just all of the scenes. (laughs) And I think that John Cusack helps the character. Absolutely. Like, I had a little bit of a crush on John Cusack, so I had a crush on animated John Cusack. Makes sense. Yes. But my main, my main one, like my biggest (laughs) animated crush that goes back to high school. The suspense is killing me. Is Trent from Daria. Oh, yeah. He Everyone came up on a lot says of this. that. He was on the list. I yeah. liked him, too. I know. I mean, I, wasn't, I was in college when I saw him, but still. I was, I think I might have been a senior when Daria started. And I didn't always see it in order because I did not grow up with cable. Before I moved into the dorms my freshman year of college, my main way of seeing MTV was when I babysat after the kids had gone to sleep or if they were in another room watching their movie, I might watch some MTV. Yep. Yes. Trent is just a very quintessential nineties guy. He's in a band. Right. Oh boy. He's, he's older. He's just a cool guy. Question mark. He's not that smart, but (laughs) no, he's, he's not that driven. No, but it's like the, he's not quite a bad boy because he's, he's He's nice nice, to dark. Yeah. So I think there's that safety of, he's not a terrible person. He's just a slacker who cannot decide on a name for his band. I have Daria and Jane and Trent on my list. Like (laughs) they're just all together. So did you have... Did your friends have older brothers? No. See, one of my friends had an older brother who was really cool, but I didn't really like him, but he was, like, really, really cool. So I can see that appeal. I am way too old to have had Daria be any part of the fabric of my formation as a person. But keep going. (laughs) Well, while my friends did not have older brothers... My brothers were in high school when I was born. Oh, wow. And one of them kind of moved back and forth a lot between home and not at home. And I lived with him longer and would hang out with him more. So I think a little bit of the having a crush on your friend's older brother, because they're really cool. I think I had that with some of my brother's friends. Sure. Yeah. It's the same thing. I forgot to ask you. Yeah. Because I know that Anna doesn't have brothers and I don't have brothers and it didn't even occur to me that you might. <laughs> yeah, people have brothers. But then I, and it's a unique situation because I didn't live with them as long as a lot of people would have lived with siblings. Right. And I was I was raised very much an only child because of the age gap. But one of them was back and forth more, and I spent more time with him. And even when he had his apartment, like, occasionally I would go hang out at his apartment, and I would just feel so cool that I was yeah. at an apartment, not my parents. cool, right? Yeah. 
And then, you know, he and his, he, he or one of his friends would like, let me pick out some sort of hair metal CD and then play a guitar along with it. Nice. <laughs> and I would pick the ones with the prettiest covers. Of course you would. <laughs> or where the boys were wearing the prettiest makeup. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> or had the biggest hair. So the, that's probably where I got into the band thing. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. But I actually watched some Daria this morning. How as was a little that? <laughs> you know, I feel like it holds up pretty well. It's really good at capturing the way teenagers act. One of the episodes I watched, I was furiously searching for a specific episode, and it took me a while to figure <laughs> out how to best Google search. Because I didn't know the whole plot. I'm like, this is the one where Daria realizes that being with Trent long-term is not realistic. <laughs> <laughs> I bet she realized that more than once. Mm. Yes. And I found one, but it wasn't the right one. <laughs> Oops. Right. But in that one, it was the first one where the character Tom came in, who first dated Jane and then dated Daria. Uh, oh, I boy. didn't like him. He showed you know, up in I, one of the lists. I don't know him because I didn't watch much Daria. So I did not like him at the time. Right, right. Watching that episode today, I'm like, I kind of see the appeal now because he's super <laughs> level-headed. But, you know, what teenagers like, I really am looking for a level-headed partner. Like, <laughs> maybe I Daria, of all people, maybe. Although, I mean, if she was looking for a level-headed partner, she wouldn't have looked at Trent very much. No, that's true. That's true. In that episode, she's very jealous of... Tom taking up Jane's time, the way she is treating Jane and being so mean to her because she wants to spend more time with her, it's so realistic that it made me uncomfortable because I know I acted like that. Like, That's a oh, thing. I'm... Yeah, no, you're yeah. like best friend in high school and a dude and yeah. Right. And I just want to say to her, if you want Jane to spend more time with you, maybe don't act like that. <laughs> You're not really making a good case for yourself. I'm sure there's plenty of Jane Daria fic out there. <laughs> You'll have to oh, find I'm some sure. Jane Daria fic. <laughs> I am sure. Who, who else do you have on your list? Trent and Dimitri were my main 90s not admirable <laughs> characters. A more admirable character, going back to Disney, is Roger from 101 Dalmatians. He's on my list! I love Yay! him! I love yeah. him so much! Again, he's another musician, but he's a different kind of musician. He's a very different kind of musician. And I love 101 Dalmatians so much for so many reasons, but but yeah, Roger is definitely... his. The lady is good, too. <laughs> And he smokes a pipe, which just seems very cozy and charming. And he, and he saves a dog. <laughs> he saves a puppy's life. He really does. I mean. And he can come up with sarcastic songs. Yes. yes. Oh, I love that scene where he's just pounding on the floor and playing a trombone. And yes, that's a good scene. It's very yeah. good. I was just thinking, if we, if I was to take this animated crush and make it real life, I think that it would need to be David Tennant. Oh, really? I can see him play that. I can, yeah, yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Because he's got that kind of lanky thing going on. Right. Yeah. Do you have any more animals besides Robin Hood? Um, no. Really? I have a huge really? long list of animals. Yeah, I have a few animals <laughs> myself. <laughs> Well, maybe you'll say something and I'll be like, oh, I didn't even think of that. But yes, possibly. And do either of you ever watch, have you ever watched much anime? I, I have a few things on my list from anime. Yes. So I can't, I do not remember exactly why, but I know when I was in high school, Tuxedo Mask was also um, a crush object from Sailor Moon. Right. So that was like, I was too old for that, I think. Mm -hmm. So I know a lot of people that love Sailor Moon, but I, and I feel like I would have identified strongly with Tuxedo Mask. <laughs> well, I think you would have. I feel, I have very strong feelings about Spike from Cowboy Bebop. He's on my list. He's on your oh, list. Okay, good. And I think, I really think that Spike is a, um, he's a, what is the word? He's an, an archetype. 
What'd you say? I said, and I'm the corgi. I do like I'm the corgi. But I think that Spike is an archetype of this, like, Duran Duran kind of anime dude. Soulfully bitter or whatever he is. sulky and handsome and... um, Self-destructive. Yeah, so I think that I... I definitely like that, and I, but I have not watched a lot of anime, so I can only say that. I'm glad Spike was on your list. One of the other anime characters on my list is Hawkeye from Full Metal Alchemist. No, no, not Hawkeye. I wrote down. I wrote down the wrong name. It's not Hawkeye. Hawkeye is the person I shipped him with. My (laughs) Mustang. Okay. Roy Mustang. He is just a very competent, confident person. He's got these special gloves with his fire alchemy symbol on them. He just snaps his fingers and there's fire. Oh, I like that. And it's, yes, it's very, I like it a lot too. And he's, he's one of the main characters commanding officers like I said, he's very confident and competent, and I was a little older watching that. So, uh, so then we're getting into like more level-headed anime characters. So I want to hear about some more animals, <laughs> okay? Because this is fascinating. To Tell me. us some animals, Anna. Okay, well, <clears throat> so obviously Robin Hood, but corollary to that is Thomas O'Malley. The alley. Thomas DeLacy, Giuseppe Casey, <laughs> O'Malley, the alley cat. Correct. From the Aristocats. He's on my list, too. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Is that the voice that did Little John? Yes, same guy. So that can be distracting when you're watching it because you're like, wait a minute. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I think that guy was also Baloo or something in yeah. the Jungle Book. He did a lot of voices around yep, that Yeah, yeah. And so then, I, then taking a, a sharp turn, I have Scar. <laughs> I knew you were going to oh. go with Scar. And so you, you really like villainy. You already made reference to this. And so I imagine you're going to have others. And I like Scar, but like, I like Simba. Like, Young Simba? Yeah. But I had Teenage a thing for Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Why? Because I'm a weirdo. <laughs> okay. I mean, I was way too old for it. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like... <laughs> I'm like real old. And so, but that's, but like Sarah made reference to John Cusack bringing Dimitri to right. life in that way. So and it could be the, just Jeremy Irons. <laughs> Jonathan, it could be Jeremy Irons. But the I'm Jonathan sure. Taylor Thomas thing is what like drew me more to Simba than any of the entire buffet of hot lions in that movie. Yeah, I mean, um, so Simba's mom. And Scar yeah. has a really good song. He does, he does have a really good song. And he's just like, he's kind of gay. And he... <laughs> does, do you like Jafar, too? Not as much as I like Scar. Okay. I prefer Scar. Okay, so this this last one is... is he's He turns into a cat. It's Kyo from Fruits Basket, which is an anime and a manga, that, which di- diverge... So, in Fruits Basket, there's a family that's cursed, and they're all animals from the Zodiac, plus the cat. And Kyo is the cat, and um, they turn into their Zodiac animals when they're, like, hugged by a person of the opposite sex. And he's just, like, he's really mad. He always has one of those little angry marks on his forehead, and he's just adorable, especially when he's a cat. <laughs> so you like him? I like him. He's He's got orange hair and orange eyes. Do you... Okay, do you have other animals? No, that was it for my animals. Really? I think. Okay. Mm-hmm. Let me... I'm looking at my list, because I made this big long list and then I started annotating it. And so if we're going to go with animals, I already mentioned Simba. Nope, that's a person. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we mentioned are people too. We mentioned O'Malley the alley cat. So in Cinderella, there is a big mean cat named Lucifer, Lucifer who terrorizes Cinderella's little mice friends. And I, I really like him. I don't like want to hang with him or get with him or be him. But I really like him a lot. When I was like looking things up, Tramp in Lady and the Tramp. Talk about a charming rascal. Yeah. <laughs> I like him a lot. And I liked Bagheera in the Jungle Book. He's the Black Panther-y the Panther one. Yeah. Oh, yes. 
I wrote down Bambi, <clears throat> but like grown up Bambi. <laughs> I don't have a thing for for baby Bambi. <laughs> grown up Bambi's well, kind of hot. Thanks for clarifying that right, it's the right. adult deer that you like. <laughs> and uh, and then, <laughs> then the last one is kind of like a twofer because I really, really, really like the chemistry and the like sort of romance and the cooperation of Miss Bianca and Bernard in The Rescuers. Yeah. Yes. And so I again I don't think that that's like sexy hot. I just think that it was a very early kind of representation of a sweet little romance or the thing that I ended up liking in crime shows that I liked when I was younger and I I meant to clarify at the beginning of this that um I'm trying to focus on things that I watched when I was real young or sort of youngish. So like 1979 to 1984 is kind of what I'm focusing on when I was like eight to 13-ish. So we went through the animals and we were talking about some stuff. Did we, do you guys have anything for Saturday morning cartoons or should I cover those now? I didn't watch Saturday morning cartoons. What about you, Sarah? I didn't write anything down for Saturday morning cartoons, but I definitely watched some growing up but I have like I watched so many different cartoons I have like vague recollections so maybe again like I was talking about the time frame is going to be way before when you were watching or when Anna and when Anna wasn't watching when we were getting ready for this episode I wanted to think about the characters that I found really compelling the characters that I wanted to play when we were playing super friends with the neighbor kids or Smurfs or... How did you pull off playing twins? <laughs> you just ruined my punchline. So the ones that I was really super compelled by, like I watched a lot of Smurfs. I watched Thundar the Barbarian, which nobody remembers. Everybody watched He-Man, Men Masters of the Universe. I was say, I've got some characters. But Thundar the Barbarian, there were only like three of them. And one of them was this like almost Egyptian kind of lion-headed guy named Ukla the Mock. And he was super hot. <laughs> I was going to say, you're going to put a picture of him in the show notes. I will put a picture of Ukla the Mock yeah. in the show notes. And the show notes are going to be filled with gifts of our super hot crushes. And we will make a list and we will link to clips on YouTube. And you will be able to follow our thirst if that is what you wish. But I was super into Brainy Smurf. And Anna was into Brainy Smurf too. <laughs> so that's cool. And... She mentioned that I was into the Wonder Twins. I was so into the Wonder Twins. And I feel like that is so weirdly speaking when I look back on it 40 years later. I'm like, oh my gosh, Aline, there, right there. That like sums up everything. <laughs> There's a coworker of mine that we work at the reference desk the most together. And we will do the Wonder Twins thing sometimes. I can see that. I mean, I've done, I've like done my Wonder Twin powers with people before. Definitely. I'm surprised that Rick and I didn't. I had a colleague that I worked on the desk all the time with too. <laughs> so, and we did a lot of goofy things, but I don't think we ever oh, yeah. Wonder Twins. Dia and I have worked pretty much the same desk schedule for 14 years. Wow. So, like, at the, we had choreography, <laughs> you know, in jokes. We would, and sometimes our in jokes would make our old boss uncomfortable. Oh, <laughs> poor boss. Because I know, because we'd be like, "Oh, we have our own language, like twins. Can't you can't you see the family resemblance?" And Dia just <laughs> knew to like tip. We tipped our heads towards each other and smiled simultaneously. Oh. And our old boss, because this was when I was fairly new, did not. She didn't know how to react because Dia's about 22 years older than me and African-American. She was just confused, but you bonded and that's good. Mm -hmm. That's funny. So, Anna, you said you have more on your list. I have a lot on my list. Why are you holding them back? I'm not holding them. Okay. It's your (laughs) turn. Is it my turn? All right. So, if if we go way back, something prompted me to purchase or trade for an Optimus Prime sticker, and then put it on my mother's car window so that I could always look at it as I was driving around in the backseat of the car. 
Optimus Prime. Optimus Prime. Mm -hmm. Upholder of all that is right and good. You need to discuss this with Rick when we see him. I was thinking about what I would do if Little G just put a sticker on the back window of my car (laughs) without asking me. I'm not sure that, like my mom, I would just leave it up for the rest of the life of that car. <laughs> like, but my mom would be furious. Right. She, she was like, what did you do? But she didn't, like, take it off. She <clears throat> just left it. And so thanks, Mom. I appreciate you supporting my... <laughs> that was nice of crushes her. ...crushes or whatever, whatever that was. Let's see. So I know you have Helga from Atlantis on your list. I do, but I think I so think I've this... tried to keep it to kid things. Right. Because I think that we might talk a little bit about currency and right. I think that my obsession with giant blonde ladies <laughs> is definitely something I came to later in life. <laughs> is that the Disney Atlantis? Yes. So she she nah. is more like a person I would rather be, like an evil Tomb Raider esque blonde lady than a person oh, cool. I um, have a crush on. Right. Much like She Ra. But <clears throat> so the person I have a crush on in the in the He Man universe is Evil Lynn. Of course, you well, do. Evil Lynn is awesome. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I mean, I wanted to be. T- I would often play Tila. Yep, and Tila. pretend that I was Tila, and I had to go save He Man. Yeah. Um, and on Shira, I loved Frosta. She was my favorite. She's good. I'm looking forward to the new Shira. I am too. So, also on my list is Mr. Claw. You never saw anything. Oh yeah, from Inspector Gadget. You just—he had a cat, and you saw his like metallic hand and his croaky voice, and he was evil. It was a good voice. Yeah. Was it in the Matthew Broderick movie? Probably, but it wouldn't have been the same. Okay. And so then, if we if we come up a little more in time, we get people like Mulan again. I'm not sure. If I wanted to be Mulan. And we get Storm from the X-Men. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That, she was on a list. I wrote down Lee Shang. Yeah. Oh, we, yeah. That's a good one. Because he's kind of hot. We get Poison Ivy from the Batman animated series. Of course we do. I think Carly and Poison Ivy might have been the, my first girl ship. And I, but I didn't think I knew what that was when I was doing it. <laughs> like, I just really wanted them to hang out. I just have a few more that I thought were interesting. David from Lilo and Stitch is Lilo's sister's just like nice surfer bro boyfriend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's just like such a nice guy. <laughs> <laughs> you have a lot of dudes here. I do. And so that's, I mean, it's. It's very heavy on dudes, the crushings. So the last one I have is, um, for like the past, is there's a an anime and a manga called Azumanga Daio. And it's about a group of girls at a, at a school. And one of them is named Sakaki. And she is tall and kind of awkward. And she really loves cats. But they all hate her for some reason, except for this feral mountain cat that adopts her and comes to her rescue and i just really like her a lot okay (laughs) this is good so it seems like we have more of a preference for traditionally animated characters than the CGI animated characters. Yeah, oh, yeah you know, I yeah. was looking at those and I was like, mm, no, too real or too not real, real. My one exception might be Flynn from Tangled. <laughs> so he was on that list and I was trying to decide if I was charmed by him or not. He was on one of these lists. And I was like, you know what? I'm not going to put him down. And when I was going through the list of Disney movies, I stopped at Little Mermaid because I wanted to... Little Mermaid came out my freshman year of college, and I wanted to sort of, like, set my adult thirst apart from my adolescent thirst. And so I didn't even think really hard about newer things. I'm like, I think I had some Toy Story obsession action, and I don't really know with whom. It was Mr. Potato Head, wasn't it? 
I liked <laughs> the relationship between Mr. and Mrs. Potato right. Head. Don't forget your monkeys. <laughs> so, yeah. But def- I, I think you're right. It seems like drawn animation is more interesting to us. I mean, I could see the appeal of Maui or Elsa or, you know, a, a Pixar animated person. Yeah, but nothing is... But nothing is, like, grabbing me. Yeah. So that's interesting. It is interesting. Yeah, because the the two people I have for my, like, current current obsessions or current crushes are traditionally drawn, not, like, CGI'd. Oh, you have current ones? I do. And? Do you want to hear what they are? Well, Sarah, do you have current ones? No, I don't. The the closest thing I have to a current one is, it's not super current years wise, but within the last three years, I finally watched Avatar: The Last Airbender. Uh huh. And I really like Zuko. Cool. He's got that whole redemption arc that I find really interesting, and just swoony. And I was a Zutara shipper and I was super sad that that didn't happen. We haven't watched Avatar. We have been watching Legend of Korra, which I know is going about it all backward, but that's how we're doing it. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I stopped. I ended up having to get the DVDs of Avatar from work because I got towards the end when it was still on prime and I was loving it so much I didn't want it to be over, so I just stopped watching it last season. And then by the time I was like, this is ridiculous, I need to finish it because it's been over a year, it was gone. So I had to track down the actual DVDs. Oh, no. I know. It's not like I work somewhere where I can easily (laughs) go to your library. Oh, no. I'm there anyway. (laughs) I have Garnet from Steven Universe. Definitely Garnet from Steven Universe. I love her. And I have Mrs. Beakley from the new DuckTales. She's like the butler slash spy with kung fu skills who works for Scrooge McDuck. And they they recently had an episode which showed the first meeting between Scrooge and Mrs. Beakley. And it was like back in the 60s. And he was, like, going along on her secret mission. <laughs> nice. Since she worked for, you know, British intelligence or whatever. Anyway, of course that's why she I did. like Mrs. Beakley. <laughs> I'm going to have to watch that. Yeah, the new DuckTales is fun. So, looking at my list to try to remember, I only really have one current one. But I totally forgot to mention Daphne on Scooby-Doo. Oh, right, you did. And um, I really identified really hard with Velma. And so I didn't find Velma very alluring. But I did find Daphne kind of compelling, um, which is another interesting thing. But my current, my current animated heartthrob is Wendy on Gravity Falls. (laughs) I love Gravity Falls so much. I love Gravity Falls. I love all kinds of things about Gravity Falls, and I really love Wendy and her hat and her flannel shirt. (laughs) Yeah, every time Wendy's on the screen, Aline's like, oh, hi, Wendy. (laughs) So I I don't know. I don't really know what that means. I mean, I have ideas. I was going to say, it seemed pretty obvious to me, but okay. (laughs) We should get you to Vermont. There's no way to know. (laughs) So that's, uh, yeah, that's, that's the animated heartthrobs. Did we forget anything on, did we overlook anything on your list, Sarah? No. Okay. Do we, do we want to talk about the Disney Robin Hood and why we like it so much? Were we like him so much? Sure. I will. I watched it Sunday just so I could experience it again freshly. Yeah. Yes. He's just, he's so charming. And I lo- I feel like I'm using the word charming a lot, but he just is. And I love that he's okay with his feelings. He's one of the feelingest male characters I think that I've seen in an animated movie. 
This is good. He is. He's. I love his accent. So this is oh, like yeah. a thing he's where he's accent. like being cute and he's being charming and he's having feelings and he's got this accent and he's just like. Uh, uh. And he's like ruining the stew because he's daydreaming about Maid Marian. Right. And then they're like in a he's in a sword fight having a discussion with her about marriage and children. <laughs> and it's just very sweet. It is very sweet. I really like, we talked very briefly about this earlier. It's, there's this generation where the voice who was little John was like six other people in (laughs) early seventies Disney movies. And there, so this particular voice cast has a familiarity. If you were, if you grew up on Disney movies or, you know, Disney VHS or whatever, which a lot of us did when you, if you had a VCR and the Disney movies were purchasable. I had the, um, like the little book and tiny record for this movie. Well, and I had an L, I had LPs of several Disney movies of this era. So I listened to, and so the LPs were not just the songs, they were the whole story, like the entire soundtrack of the movie, which is what happened in the 70s before VHS were in (laughs) homes. You just sat and listened to the album of the movie and imagined it. This is what happened. I used to take my, like, tape recorder and record songs off movies, like the Bears movie. I was like, I really like this song. I need to record it. So oh then my I gosh. Had really terrible recording. Oh my gosh. <clears throat> I would record TV shows on cassette when I was very young. Yeah. Yeah. That's what happened in the old days. When you had to press play and record at the same time oh, and then yeah. hold, your, yeah, yeah, hold yeah. your thing and up. I didn't to the... press them both hard enough. It was just tragic. Yes, yes. So I like Maid Marian almost as much as I, I mean, I just like them as a couple, like I ship it. Yeah. Not just because they're both foxes. <laughs> no, they're really good together. They are. And and Robin Hood is, is one of my favorite characters of all time. Robin Hood. Robin yes. Hood. Not just the Not Disney just fox the Disney. Robin but Hood. he's like my favorite one. I had a t-shirt of this Robin Hood with like all the red on it was puffy, so like his feather was puffy, and like his Ooh. wanted poster was puffy. <laughs> That's the shirt I was wearing when I broke my arm. Oh, good to know. Don't worry, it's in the garage, I'm pretty sure. Oh, good. <laughs> I remember my mom was excited when I discovered that movie because she saw it in the theater when it came out. She took my cousin, he was about five, and she was just, she, anytime we mentioned that movie, she's like, oh, I remember taking Joey to see that. Here's the question, though. How do you feel about the songs in the movie? Is it too much? Are the songs too much, or are they just right? I find them to be just right. Okay. The song when Robin and Maid Marian are off in the forest was never my favorite. It's Love by Nancy Adams. Oh, boy. (laughs) But I, I really like the opening number, and I like the song about prince john i love the troubadour rooster guy oh yes i mean i was whistling along with him when the movie started yeah so i feel like it dates it definitely you know the nature of the music in robin hood is very different from the like traditional musical yeah yeah like format that we're accustomed to like you look at frozen you look at little mermaid you look at beauty and the beast they behave similarly to say oklahoma and the sound of music well that's why they can be put on as broadway shows right but they, they behave like musicals in that way and disney movies before the little mermaid have music and songs in them but they don't behave like a musical I yes. don't think. I think yeah. so. I, and I think that they are very dated in, in terms of it. You watch the Robin Hood movie and there are elements of the animation or the language that may seem timeless. But that music, you're like, it's 1973. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm looking up Roger Miller, who was the. Oh, my gosh. Who was the king composer, of the road. Who was the composer of. Trailer for sale. Is that him? Or rent. Um, yeah. It says he... 50 cents. He, I'm such a good singer. You are a great singer. 
I'm um, silently singing along because I don't want to sing on. <laughs> I sing on the podcast all the time, and Anna, the one with the singing voice, never sings on the podcast. <laughs> nope. You can't make me. <clears throat> I can make you. You can't make me. You won 11 Grammy Awards. Yeah, no, Robert Miller's brilliant. I learned to tap dance to King of the Road. That's how old I am. He won a Grammy Award for Best Country Song in 1964 for Dang Me. You might ought to take a rope and hang me. Yeah, thanks, Roger. My favorite. <laughs> I'm not familiar with that. <laughs> no, thank you, Roger. <laughs> I'm going to say no to yeah. that. He won a lots of 1964. I didn't realize. We, we'll do a little Roger Miller retrospective in the show notes. If you don't know who this guy is, you might recognize a song or two. I, so I, I think the music dates it, but in a way that is like comfortable and familiar for, for. I think that might be because of our parents being the same age. Maybe. Um, yeah, I find it comforting. Yeah. yeah. And I, you know, I watched that movie. This is my favorite Disney movie. Right. I mean. Of the, of the non-realistic era, for sure. And I have not seen it a million times. I've seen it before, and I know it, and I love it, because it's got Robin Hood in it, and he's a hot fox, quite <laughs> literally. Foxy. But I watched the, the first half hour of it on my lunch break today. <laughs> I was like, oh, we're recording tonight. <laughs> and I was like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But I was also like, wow, it's 1973. Yeah. Yeah. There, I mean, there are some parts of it that you're kind of like, ah, oh, 1973 <laughs> attitudes. <laughs> if you dress up like a lady, nobody's going to be able to tell anything about you. Well, I mean. Right. Like, and like the nice random football marching band music when Clucky is going against the guards. Yeah, right. Right. Because she's a, an ample lady. I like her too. I love her, and I was, as I was watching it, I almost chimed in on an old thread in a Facebook group I'm part of for plus-size ladies where we were discussing different characters that we really loved and thought were good representation, and I, you know, I had thrown in Suki from Gilmore Girls and Tracy Turnblad, and I was like, I just kind of, even though that was days ago, I just want to add Clucky. Yeah. Was Ursula mentioned in this thread? Maybe. I was saying, she's kind of villainous. She's super villainous, but, um, but she owns it yeah, she so really hard. Does. And that, I mean, yeah. it's none of my business <laughs> what is in the, the, the secret Facebook group, but I just <laughs> thought of her when you said that. Yeah, she's. A, I have her written down here. Oh, I mean, yeah, yeah, she's on your Ursula, list. Ursula's a villain, but I have... I have I have strong feelings about The Little Mermaid the older I get. Yeah. And I'm like, eh, I think I'm okay with what Ursula did. <laughs> like, <laughs> Ursula was right. You like, should totally listen to the Overdue podcast that was recorded at the New England Library Association because they talk about the fairy tales of Hans Christian Andersen and The Little Mermaid in great detail. They do. I mean, I like the original one. <laughs> right? Yeah. It's like... I'm cool with it. Yeah. I had these I had these cassette tapes when I was little that had fairy tales on them being read and they were the original fairy tales and some of them were startling and some of them were disturbing and made me uncomfortable but I would just keep listening to them. And so now when I watch new things I'm like this is not no. Like why why are birds not pecking out Cinderella's sister's eyes? That's not how it's supposed to go. Right? <laughs> I need them to be, like, gorier, definitely. Yeah. I need some of these bad guys to be punished. Yeah, there's something about the current climate that makes that just a real need. <laughs> yes. So I so I, I posed a question, which is a lot of the Disney movies especially or have like a romance in them. And so my question was, if you could create an animated version of a romance novel, what romance novel would you choose? <laughs> oh, I've been thinking of, I've been racking my brain and my first couple answers feel like cheating because it was like 
Bingo Love, which already has artwork. Got it. Really anything out of Fresh Romance. Yeah, yeah. This is good. Which is a comics anthology of romance stories. Um, I I, I'm going to say The Wedding Date. Yeah. Oh, I haven't read that one yet. Oh, oh we'll send you my... a copy with your button. Gosh, Perfect. yes. Oh, I, I just bought it. Oh, okay. okay. I, I just bought, it was, the e-copy was on sale for like $1.99, and so I bought it. Well, it's good, and the proposal just came out yesterday, so. So it, it's, the, the wedding date is kind of like cinematic, like you can see it in your head anyway, mm-hmm. so why not make it animated? Yeah, and there are scenes that would be like better served by being animated like eating tacos in the park and stuff because eating tacos in a park is just messy but it's adorable that's funny because i feel like two of the romances i've read recently had picnic scenes Uh so now we have third park experience with food eating all fresco is great you could do bet me as an animated and then all the food scenes could be like in um the Ratatouille, you know, like just like a loving. Oh yeah, totally. Like in Ratatouille, that would be. I would like to see Bet Me. So I was thinking about because I really loved Sleeping Beauty and Cinderella, and I think that that like informed some of my historical romance interest. I have a vague desire to see a rendering of a funny historical romance. And I'm going to say any Duchess will do by Tessa Dare, because that's like my funny historical go-to romance of late. And I also might want uh, one of Sally McKenzie's naked series. Cause I think that romancing the Duke would make a cute one because of the ferret. Yes. What's that hissing happening? Somebody's hissing at hissing. someone. Manners. So there, yes. And one of the Sally McKenzie ones has a cat who steals undergarments and hides them. Perfect. And so that would be like a really cute, like background thing happening would be the cat carrying off a pair of red knickers and hiding them in an inopportune place. And I I realized that the, the, the sex aspects of romance novels, like you have to decide how much you're going to animate and how much you're going to like, fade to black on right but i would like it to be adult like you right. know how i felt about the um the adult muppet movie right that i was i was into it i am interested in animated films that are not for kids i'm not saying that i need animated explicit sex scenes <laughs> i just would be fine with it like not having kid appeal right the other, now you said romantic comedy historicals, and now all I can think of is Tessa Dare. And now the name has the Duchess deal. The cat in the Duchess deal. Yeah. Would be great animated. I do like a, a clever animal having a hand in the outcome. Yes. Like Robin Hood. Just like Robin Hood. <laughs> I've seen a whopping one episode of Yuri on Ice, and I plan to get back to watching the rest of it but um because of the romantic aspect and the the ice skating it made me think of maybe take the lead by alexis daria oh yeah that would be good that would be a fun one definitely yes oh they could animate the snow falling in alaska (laughs) (laughs) that would be nice yeah i think i want film adaptations of those i don't think i want them to be animated yeah, I mean, I just want a whole bunch more. I mean, I'll romance I movies out there, right? Especially ones with people of color in the lead roles. Yes. That'd be great. I'm here for it. Did you see the news about the kiss quotient? <gasps> yeah, I did not. Is there going to be a movie? Yeah, it's been that's options. So exciting. Yeah, I yeah. mean, I know that that's like the very first start on the long, but still, but that's great. I'm good. Glad. Also, I want the writer to get the option money because they have they get the option money whether the movie gets made or not. It just to all the boys I've loved before has done so well for Netflix. I feel like they should just make all of the romantic content now. Okay. I have my fingers crossed. That's fine. We'll watch it. We sure will. Cause they have a couple, they have a couple TV shows in the works that are based on romance series. This is good. I think I've read about one of them. I can't think of what it is now, but I read the about Julia it. Quinn. 
Yes, the Bridgertons. Yes, Shonda Rhimes. Shonda Rhimes is doing the Bridgertons. You didn't know that? Anna's making a face. I thought I had retweeted it. Yeah. And I think I read somewhere um, Robin Carr's Virgin River series has been optioned for really a TV show. That makes sense. And there's a Cheryl Woods series because I haven't read any of them. So I checked out the first one to read it since, you know, that'll be coming not soon at all. But right. I need so to, you to read get it started. Now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You got to brush up. Yes. I need to do this immediately. <laughs> <laughs> I can relate to this. Okay. Do we, uh, do we, did we cover everything we wanted to cover? I think. So, I just have one more name on my list, and that is, um, well, no, there are two names. There's Tiana from The Princess and the Frog. I had Prince Naveen. Okay, <laughs> oh, perfect. Oh, yes, I like Prince Naveen. And, um, there's Wolverine from the animated X-Men. Wolverine from the animated X-Men. Okay. I was a little bit more of a gambit. Yes, most most people are into Gambit, but his 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 accented ways never appealed to me as much as Wolverine. <laughs> oh, right. So from a like I like these ladies kind of way. <laughs> I have several on my list that I have a really hearty appreciation for nowadays that I don't think registered fully for me at the time they ought. Uh, Jessica Rabbit. Did I mention her already? No. Jessica Rabbit. <laughs> From Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Animated and live action movie. Very little kid appeal. Yeah, I've watched it several times in my life. Oh, did you? Yeah, it was scary at the end. That explains a lot. I've only seen it the one time because the end frightened me. It's very scary at the end. Interesting. But when I was a kid, the closest Disney, and now there aren't any Disney stores really near me. The closest one was in Cleveland and we went, we'd go there maybe once a year, even though it wasn't that far away, but my mom just hated driving in Cleveland. They had the Disney statues of the different characters and I wanted her to buy me a Jessica rabbit. (laughs) And she looked at her and she looked at me and she said, I'm not dusting that. (laughs) I'm not dusting that. Okay. She was not interested in the upkeep. Yes, I well, the upkeep is probably pretty expensive on Jessica Rabbit. Uh, Who I, else do you have? I have there? Meg from Hercules and Esmeralda from The Hunchback of Notre Dame. These are all like sirens. Yeah, I, I yeah. like myself a siren. And I really liked Kim Possible, who was very late. Yeah. I mean, Kim Possible came out probably after I was 30. (laughs) But I was like, this is cool. I wish I had things like this when I was younger. She had a lot of chemistry with the evil villain girl. She did. Also, there was a naked mole rat. Oh my gosh, that was so cute. Right? Yes. So I think, I feel like I've, I've covered everything. I have a few more dudes on my list, but I don't need to give dudes any more airtime. Sorry, dudes. <laughs> sorry, not sorry. Do you have an obsession? Are you asking me or Sarah? I'm just asking the room at large. Sarah, do you have an obsession? I do. My my current obsession is romance novels. What? This is an excellent obsession. I'm for it. Because the the world is awful. A lot of it is awful. Not the whole thing. Yep. But I just want to escape into fiction where good things happen to people and lots of good for that and so I've been reading a lot more contemporaries than I used to oh I used to do more historicals but it's kind of evening out and so this year I've read the kiss quotient and both of Alyssa Cole's reluctant royal series and I wrapped up Alicia Rye's series yes. earlier in the year. And the last one I just read was Stripped by Zoe Castile. And that was excellent. And I don't know a ton of people in real life that read romance. I see a lot of conversations on Twitter or in, hear them in podcasts. 
But when I was getting my hair cut the other day, it came up with my stylist and she's like, oh, I love romance. And I'm telling her all these plot lines from all of these books. And as I was making my next appointment with the person at reception, Bria just hands me a piece of scrap paper and is like, I need a list. That's awesome. Did you tweet about that today? I, I did tweet about it the other day. Okay. I was, I'm like, I, like, I've heard this story and it makes me so happy. This is well, similar to what long, happened at the conference we were recently at. This is how true. Long, and Alyssa Cole answered me. Yay. Oh, that's wonderful. I know. And how long I was like, thank you. And I was like, well, thank you for writing this book. I right? cannot Keep stop it telling people Keep about it. it. Yeah. We yes. were sitting at lunch with the interpreters, uh, there were there were two interpreters at the New England Library Association conference, sign language interpreters, and we somehow started talking to them about romances, and both of them wanted recommendations from us. One of them wanted books that had families that looked like his family, because he and his husband had just adopted a couple of kids, and uh-huh. we were able to give him a couple of things to start with, and then the other interpreter was just interested in sassy contemporary romance. It yep. seems like that we just gave her some authors. So we just wrote some stuff down. We're like, here! Here you go! Right now I'm in the middle of good, The Good Luck Charm by Helena Hunting. Oh yeah, how is it? It's really cute. I didn't really read the back when I grabbed it from the new bin at work. I had just, I saw that Wicked Wallflowers Club was interviewing her. So I grabbed it so I could read it before I listened. And I didn't realize it was a sports romance. Oh. Which I've read very little of. I like a sports romance. It. So I, I was I just going to ask you if you listened to Wicked Wallflowers Club. Because I listened to about four of their episodes today while I was working. I just read Shacking Up by Helena Hunting, which I liked. This is my first book that I've read by her. I listen to an absurd amount of podcasts. I watch less and less TV and listen to more podcasts because a lot of the hosts of the podcasts I like just seem like very nice, lovely, normal people. And I I need more of that. Sorry to burst your bubble. So, but I have, yeah, and I keep just checking out romances from work, and I feel like I have another sports romance laying around here somewhere, and now I can't even see it. I, I do enjoy a sports romance. Have you read Lucy Parker? Yes. Okay, good. Okay, I've good. read Act Like It and Pretty Face. Okay. Perfect. I have the third one, and I need to read it because... Yeah, you do. It has a hedgehog. Oh, gosh. Yeah. I, they're so cute. I made a because all I because librarian I make lists. I was so behind in backlist romances. I made a list and I of all the series that I wasn't done with, and I'm trying to finish them before I start any other. Systematically, <laughs> that's yeah, very. Like I'm allowed. I'm allowed to read like a standalone or <laughs> the first book in a brand new series. But if it's got a bunch of books, I'm like, no, first I have to finish all of these. Yeah, I need to finish a narrative before I start too many more narratives myself. I can relate to that. It's, like I said, ab- absurd. There's just so many. Because I'm like, oh, but I want that one and that one and that one. And why aren't there more hours in the day? Yeah, I wonder that a lot. Yeah. And I just want to I just wanna snuggle my dog and read a romance novel. Okay. Approved. Anna, do you have an obsession? Yeah. So I just finished a book called Mirage by Somaya Daoud. It it seems like a fantasy, but it's science fiction and it's set in space on a colonized planet. And this girl who is, I think she's like 18, and she's kidnapped from her tribe and she's one of the colonizes because she looks almost exactly like the princess of the colonizers and they're like she's in danger a lot because colonizers unrest so we need you to be her body double okay so they like surgically alter her Ah. so that she looks exactly like Ah. the princess and then she has to be this kind of mean girl's body double and that also means she has to hang out with her fiancé, 
who's super hot. Oh. And so, like, it's interesting because she, you know, she falls in love with the fiancé and it doesn't take him very long to figure out that she's not the other girl. But she also becomes friends with the princess who's, like, sad and lonely. And I was pretty sure by, you know, 100 pages left or... 75 pages left. I was like, this has to be the first in a trilogy, but this is, like, there's nowhere on the book that says, like, this is the first in a trilogy. But you're like, they are not gonna wrap all of this up, like, potential rebellion, spies, what the heck is happening. So it's the first in a trilogy, but it's, like, an interesting mix of sci-fi and fantasy, and it's, um, I, I listened to the audiobook, and the, the author had an interview, and she's, like, um, she like draws on her Moroccan heritage and it's very it's very cool. I'm really glad to hear that because I just I'm in, I'm doing a mock prince at work in January and when I was making up my my list of like 10 books to advertise, please read at least one of these. That's one of the ones I picked. Oh good, I'm glad. Excellent. So it has some romance and it's like speculative, but there's nothing so it's sci-fi with like pretty much no science in it it's like you know they it's like we're 200 years in the future and we're just using technology to do the things we do now and but we're still like walking around to get places we can get to the moon really fast but once we're there we're just doing normal moon things and hanging out <laughs> in the garden you know as you do right so it's mostly like we can have cell phone calls to the moon and we can get to the moon really quickly and um, we can conquer other planets. But, you know, most of the time we're like riding horses or hanging out in the um, harem. So, huh. yeah, it's very interesting and pretty short. What about you, Aline? My obsession is thanks to friend of the podcast, Mrs. Friday Next. Right. When she was talking about qualities of books that appeal to people, she mentioned My Life as a Goddess by Guy Branham. And this is a memoir of a man who wrote for the Mindy Project. He is a comedian, and I think he's done other stuff too. And the subtitle is something about popular culture. <laughs> so I was like, oh, this seems like it's a viable title. But the very first time I heard of this book, it was being requested by a regular library patron whose tastes do not coincide with mine in any way. And I just parked it in my little category where I put things that interest this patron, never to be considered again. And then Margaret Forced mentioned to it. reconsider. <laughs> Margaret <laughs> mentioned it. And I was like, okay, I trust her. It's talking about, like, seeing yourself in popular culture. And I put a hold on it, and I put a hold on the audiobook, neither of which are in Overdrive or Hoopla. <laughs> so physical copies only. And I'm waiting for the CD because he reads it himself, and that is a favorite way for me to consume a memoir. I started reading it, and during his introduction, I was relating so hard to this that I was crying. He is a fat gay man who grew up in a small town in Northern California, but not one of the pretty ones. It's a small farming town, and he's just talking about his life growing up in this town with all these people that didn't nobody was getting out because nobody really wanted to get out and all of these different things. And I'm not doing it justice. It is really relatable and it's really good and it's really warm and you just got to give it a go. <laughs> <laughs> I like Guy Branham. So I want to read that or listen. To he has the best laugh. See, I don't know who he is. I've never seen him. I need to, like, get on YouTube or something. I had not really heard of him before this book. And, I mean, I loved The Mindy Project, so I don't know how I missed knowing about him. But if you already know and like him, then a thousand times get your hands on this. Yeah, yeah, I started reading it also, so that I wouldn't be out of the loop. 
<laughs> Do you have a musical obsession, Sarah? It is Toccata and Fugue in D minor. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> oh boy. That's going to be beautiful. Because it's because it's October and there's a CD I have called Classics from the Crypt. Perfect. And I like to listen to it in my car in the month of October. I just rotate between that and the soundtrack to Coraline. Nice. It kicks off with the Toccata and Fugue in D minor and it really sets a tone. I'm going to set the same tone as it is Halloween and I'm going to go with Night on Bald Mountain. That's on that CD too. Oh my God, you guys. <laughs> oh my God. So I dun, am going to dun, dun, stick dun, dun, with dun, the tone. Dun. What? I'm going to stick with the tone and the theme, but I'm going to go a completely different direction. And I'm going to say the theme song of Gravity Falls. Fine. It's a good theme song. It's a great theme song, and I think it is fitting with your choices, however different it might be. Oh, Wendy. Oh, my gosh. Did we make it to the end? Did we? I think we might. Oh, right. We have a script. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for listening. You can find us on Twitter at Bellwether Friends, B-E-L-L-W-T-E-T-H-E-R-F-R-N-D-S. We're on Facebook. We're on Tumblr. You can look us up on iTunes and leave us a review. I hear that helps more people find us? Question mark. Yeah, that was the thing we learned at Andrew and Craig's thing, too. Yeah, I think we already knew that. I'm Anna, and you can find me online at Helga Grace, H-E-L-G-A-G-R-A-C-E. I'm Aline, and you can find me on Twitter at Surly Spice, S-U-R-L-Y-S-P-I-C-E. Where can our listeners find you, Sarah? You can find me on Twitter at Wonderland Chick, and which is spelled like it sounds. And on Instagram, I'm Wonderland Chick 19 because by the time I got there, <laughs> without the number was taken, even though the person hasn't posted since 2012. I mean, Aline is familiar with this problem. Yes. On Instagram. Our in and out music was provided by the lovely Julie Jurgens. You can find her on Twitter at Hi Miss Julie, H I M I S S G U L I E.